You're listening to Cybersecurity Inside, the podcast where you can discover what you need to know about cybersecurity. To learn more, visit us at cybersecurityinside.com. What are the components within that supply chain? And can we verify that those are actually the right components? You can get the benefits of AI without having to share too much of your own personal data. Holy cow. There's so many places this could go wrong now, right? And and how do I secure all of this? Hi, and welcome to today's episode of Cybersecurity Inside. I'm your host, Camille Moorhart, and Tom Garrison is with me here, your other host. We are very fortunate today to be continuing with Live from the Green Room, our special episode we're doing in partnership with AI Everywhere Conference at Intel. And we, this is where we grab key speakers out of the conference in between the activities that they're participating in and dive a little bit deeper with them. So we're happy right now. We have Itai Yogev with us. He's VP and GM of AI for IT at Intel. Welcome to the show, Itai. Hi, Camille. Good morning. Nice to be on your show. It's a great uh, podcast. I'm fortunate to be part of it today. So can you help us you know, kick off here by just understanding... What is the VPGM role of AI at IT in a major company? We're going to call Intel a major company. I'm the guy that uh, is in charge to use AI technology and, and use that inside Intel to transform basically how Intel runs. We're doing three big things in, in our team. One is trying to build internal startup to disrupt the critical efforts of the company, how we develop products, how we go about manufacturing, anything else that has direct impact on sales. That's one big chunk of the work. The second thing is AI everywhere that we've just uh, been part of this conference. And what it is, it's trying to go for the what we call the long tail of AI everywhere in the company. A third thing is trying to help Intel win on AI. We can provide for Intel a lot of insights about what people like us in other company really needs in terms of hardware and software for AI to get our AI work done. So we are focusing a lot, a lot of that on that, working together with our business units partners in, in the company. That sounds good. So Itai, what areas have you found that were maybe surprises for the people within the company? Like they didn't think about AI this way. And now that their eyes have been opened to the possibility of AI, you know, it really transforms the way they think about the, the possibilities in the future. Do you have any kind of those examples here that you could share? I do. I think that for many people, AI is like a crystal ball. People either think it's a hype or it can solve everything. But like in many other cases or technology, the truth is somewhere in, in between in the middle. And what I think is surprising for a lot of people that AI is not a futuristic thing. It's already, already happening here inside Intel a lot. And it could be implemented to get the work done better, not replacing the human beings, but working alongside of uh, human beings and solving real problems for the company. So today, for just to give you one example, we know how to take algorithms and put them into our Intel chips to make our hardware smarter, more adaptive to the user's needs. So that's something that we even did not envision. And so our counterparts in the, the Intel design organization, a few years back, we didn't assume we would be able to do something like that. Are you also analyzing data of 
you know, are you doing products or data that like work habits or practices in aggregate that employees are generating? Like what kinds of insights are you looking for in addition to, you know, adding into the CPU? Uh, the CPU example, uh, Camille, was one of like 10 different verticals or startups that we have inside Intel. But we are also doing a lot on improving the quality of Intel's products. You know, uh, quality is a big thing in a physical hardware device. And uh, being able to find bugs in our uh, silicon products is a very difficult mission. These are super complex Products, we have a lot of engineers trying to find bugs before we go into what we call PRQ when the product is ready and we launch it into a mass production. And we have came up, for example, with a lot of technologies that imitates what human beings are trying to do to find bugs and, and try to do that uh, without just the humans, uh, alongside to the humans. And in the last big Intel product, uh, Alder Lake, which we've launched this year, we could found with AI 20% of the overall bugs that were found, and by that improve the quality of the product. We work on the sales and marketing division. We have created what we call sales AI or sales assists. This is an AI platform that try to imitate the way that human beings, salespeople would analyze information, read about customers, go to the websites, try to understand what they really need and try to apply the same judgment and provide to these sellers actionable insights in a natural language, English, that they could really read and understand. It's like their personal assistant that saves tons of time for them and make sure they are not missing a bit about their customer needs. So these are two examples of different places in the company where we apply AI. From your position, I'm always interested to ask about the future and what you see happening over you know, the next, say, three, five years, something like that. Can you paint a picture for what the future looks like, what we'll be able to do down the road that we can't do today, and just help us get excited about what's about to happen? So first of all, I'm, I'm thankful you didn't ask me a decade or two, because <laughs> that is a difficult question that really nobody knows what is the limit of machines, what will machine be able to do compared to what people are capable of do today, we usually look at it as the judgment that machines can apply today, which is pretty narrow in compared to what human beings can apply in terms of judgment. Judgment are like problems that you are not sure what's the right thing. It's pretty soft. It's not something that you, you could actually formulate in a way that then, of course, machine can do much better. So a decade from today, we don't know or two what is the limit for machine, how of a broad general kind of judgment machines will be able to apply to solve problems currently only humans are solving. What we know for sure that in the next uh, three to five years, we could make like a 10x bigger impact inside Intel with AI in terms of uh, relieving the what we call the human bottleneck by building smarter and smarter AI tools that are partnering with our uh, engineers and becoming like a factor for them to get the work way more productive. For example, if I talked about finding 20% of the bugs, we have a target to find 50% of the bugs by AI within three years. I referred to the sales example earlier. Today, we've make, we are making an impact of this year, $300 million. We have a target of an annual increase of revenue of $1 billion by 2024. So 
a lot of significant acceleration to the impact. And beyond that, there are questions I refer to about a more uh, um, like a broader judgment that, that we are thinking of how can machine apply in solving bigger, more creative kind of tasks. Really fascinating. How are you balancing this kind of personalization of AI, like, you know, in particular when you're, you're getting down to really assist one engineer or one salesperson with what they would do, kind of the personalization that that might require, and then the privacy on the other side of that coin? So for us, privacy matters a lot. You know, people that are in the AI field and are aware of its power and what the future looks like. Uh, so they really should care a lot about it. We are lucky to work in a company that have established a program that is ensuring an ethical AI. Most of what we do is deals with very low levels uh, of abstraction, like in the CPU firmware or low level software. So we are not, or in the factories, machines data. So we're not as insider at Intel bothered a lot with these day-to-day problems uh, of privacy or uh, ethical. When it gets to providing decision support tools to engineers, to salespeople, we are making sure we are not using any of their personal information. We are making sure we are not breaking any of ethical rules regarding the information we collect or use to ensure we can provide an objective aid or a, a decision tool to the people that actually do the engineering work inside the company. Do you find that that employees, generally speaking, not the ones that are just knee deep in AI, but generally speaking, do you find that people are accepting of the idea of AI? Or do you think that there is trepidation and concern like, oh, is this Skynet, you know, or, or those kinds of things? So uh, I think a, a two to three years back, there was a lot of concerns or, in, or even uh, people res- resented or were struggling to accept the fact that AI is becoming a thing in their day-to-day life at the workplace. At home, it already happened to us. We are relying on that. But inside the workplace, there was a lot of resistance to this change a few years back. So we are over that today at Intel. We are no longer dealing with resistance to that technology. So I think that now the challenge is becoming more on how much can I rely on these systems and solutions that are becoming more and more intrusive and make sure that humans can uh, still retain a high degree of control on things that we want humans to control, like the what, things you referred to related ethics and privacy, but also on strategy and making sure that the algorithms, the solution we put in production are a reflection of the Intel strategy. So I think that now it's no longer resisting. It's more about let's make it the right way. Let's make sure that machines can work together with humans to achieve a greater good for the company and to make them way more productive. What changed about the resistance? Why did that change? It works. You know, when you bring something new to people that works for 20 years, they know how to get things done in a certain way. And then you come with a new thing that many times requires some change on their side and it created some resistance. Can it work? There's another thing with AI that is very relevant to things related in manufacturing. 
Manufacturing people like to see, like at the end, a picture. They want to see a root cause. They want to understand the physics of things. With AI, we are not always sure we can explain things the same way. We just have an evidence of millions of units behaving in a certain way, and therefore you could do something with it. So it was a change of paradigm for many people. But to my point, you know, when it works over time and, and yields value, creates an appetite uh, for more, I spoke a little bit about manufacturing, one of our flagship projects for this year. We are trying to significantly cut the test time for every unit before we are shipping into customers, but that without having any negative impact on Intel's quality. So how could you cut the test time you invest on every unit to ensure that you are uh, not making a negative quality impact? And this is like a very intrusive cutting edge technology AI that we have developed together with uh, the manufacturing and the design organization. And this is like a, a huge leap of faith from their side on the value. And that's because they've seen a lot of value in the previous years of uh, smaller incremental solutions. Yeah, I think of AI is one of those things where the more AI can take away mundane tasks that people don't really like to do anyway, and let them focus on real value added areas and, and also point people toward areas that are value add, that's what gets people's attention. And, and I think at least based on my understanding and, and my experience, that's kind of where we're at right now with AI. Like it's proven itself worthy to get away from the mundane stuff and allow people to focus on real value add. Tom, you nailed it. I couldn't say it better. In many places where try to work with organizations in the first few projects, we really try to go to these places of things that we believe AI can add value. It's uh, it's not just to get all the ugly stuff that people don't want to do that AI will do for them. It needs to be something that is significant. But to your point, yes, this is a great entry point. When you come in and automate stuff that applies some judgment and relieve the pain, the pressure for the day-to-day work of people, it builds trust and it also gets the momentum. And by the way, it then let the engineers and our team that works with them build some bridges of knowledge and then you could target a more complex tasks and higher value projects to go and work on together. So you got it perfectly. Just one more quick question. Do you have an interaction with peers at other companies? Is it still still early days and, and companies are sort of acting independently? No, we do have like uh, Intel has a few programs inside sales and marketing and also in IT, a few programs that are chartered to go and spend time with Intel customers and help them learn from what works for us. It's, it's a big program in IT and also in sales and marketing. And for, for me, it's always a joy to go and spend time with people to do similar uh, job in other companies. I've never sat into a session and didn't pick up one or two uh, new things for me to come back and, and do or think about at least at Intel. We recently published a few blogs. Uh, one of them is I wrote about how to run in a competency center. Some companies see that, reach out, and then we uh, sit and meet. That's great. Itai, Yogev, thank you so much for letting us snag you out of this uh, AI Everywhere conference, VP and GM of AI for IT at Intel. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Camille and Tom. It was a pleasure. Have a great day. 
stay tuned for the next episode of Cybersecurity Inside. Follow at Tom M. Garrison and Camille at Morehart on Twitter to continue the conversation. Thanks for listening. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guests and author and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Intel Corporation.